Our scripture reading this morning is going to be in Matthew chapter 15 and mark that place for just a moment. And also mark James chapter 5. Again, you can go ahead and mark Matthew chapter 15 and James chapter 5 and then we're going to start in the Old Testament in just a moment. Uh, but to kind of give you a, a little bit of a head start, uh, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 15 uh, and also to James chapter 5. Uh, and holding those two places with your fingers or little ribbons. Let's go back into the book of Psalms. Um, Psalms in the 34th division of Psalm. So again, you can go ahead and mark Matthew chapter 15 and James chapter 5. And then let's ease on back into the Old Testament, into the book of Psalm. In um, the 34th division of Psalm. As you're turning to, to Matthew 15, James 5, and uh, to our beginning uh, scripture in Psalms chapter 34. David is going to write a psalm at a time of fear in his life. Now you may be here this morning and you've never experienced fear. Then be thankful. In some form or fashion, some more frequently than others, we all stand face to face with fear. Now there's a light fear where we're a little intimidated and there is a deep fear where we almost go into panic attack where we almost just can't breathe walk talk we're just it's an extreme fear that we have now I'm not here to ask you this morning on, on a fear-o-meter now, I know there's no such thing as that but we'll call it a fear-o-meter if your fear-o-meter is high then what do you do if your fear-o-meter is low what do you do you may be in this this morning and saying well mine's pretty low I don't have a lot of fears does that mean you don't pray and talk to God even when things are not very fearful and frightful to you right now, I should say? So this morning I want to read in the book of Psalms, David, when he was at a time of fear in his life. Notice the need that he had. While he was running, you can go back and read in the book of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 21 where he was running for his life. And he knew that if he was ever captured, sure enough, he would be. His life would be taken himself. Now, in doing that, he was going, at this particular point, he had already been appointed as the future king. He had just not arrived at the throne yet. So, in other words, he had the promise of something later on, but he needed something now. If you're here and saved this morning, I know that you have the promise of heaven. I understand you've got a promise that one of these days we're laying down our burdens, our trials, our headaches, our heartaches. I understand that we have a better day, but does that mean that we don't have times now that we need God? Sometimes we treat God like, well, we're just going to suffer and we're going to go through the pains and the agonies of this life, folks, and then we're going to just lay it all behind and go to heaven. Know this, I do believe in that and that ought to send a, 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 a very sounding amen from us. But I also believe in this, God desires to supply your needs in this life too. Sometimes we get this idea that we're supposed to be a miserable people or unhappy people or dissatisfied people. But the truth is, folks, God wants to meet our needs now. Not in a future state or a future day. It's going to be much escalated then. It's going to be a much different state then. But right here and right now, whatever you're going through, God wants to give you what you need to endure that. Here in the book of Psalm chapter 34... There was a, a lot of tension, I guess you might say, that was going on. 
So here he is fleeing from, from the vengeance of King uh, Achish. And of course, God's going to deliver him. Let's read the very first verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, if you're a person and things are going good in your life, you're going to stand up and you're going to say with a very forceful and a very strong saying, I will bless the Lord at all times. But maybe the mood has gotten a little more somber. Maybe all of a sudden now, instead of trying to say that with assurance, you're trying to all of a sudden give yourself assurance, and there's really a question mark. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's almost like we have to give ourselves what we might even call a pep talk. But David, I don't believe, had a, had a, a, a near concern right here. He said, I will bless the Lord. Notice all caps. This is not something that he was wavering on. He was saying that even in the weakest moment of his life, that he is going to be able to bless the Lord. His praise shall be continual in my mouth. My soul, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears, not just some or a few or a majority. He said, all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. And here is where my heart really is this morning in this sixth verse. I want you to listen to what I have called a poor man's cry. A poor man's cry this morning. I want you to think about that. This poor Man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Our scripture this morning, ending right there in that sixth verse, encourages us, tells us, and gives us a great example that we are poor people that can still pray and cry out to God. So I stopped for just a little while over the last few days, and I really started looking what does this mean when the psalmist said, This poor man cried. Poor man just means exactly what we not think it would be. Somebody that has a need in life. A hungry man has a need of food, right? A poor man might have more needs. He might have needs of shelter. Maybe he has needs of, uh, of, of a place that he might be able to not just call home, but transportation. Or in our modern day, we might say they need transportation, they need a job. Or a poor man is somebody that is lacking something. This morning, without even asking you any personal questions, I already know that every one of us at some point in our life, whether we had as in past tense or have as in present tense, we have a spiritual need in our life that we need Jesus. There's a need in your life. That just means, poor just means you are lacking something. Now, I want you to envision a poor person that's going to, again, a poor person that is one day going to be king but a poor person that is calling upon the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know what it would be like for me to be a person that's a one-man army? 
A one-man army that's fighting all these battles, that's, that's going out trying to triumph and all of these things. And all of a sudden, the great king said, you need help fighting your battles? Why don't you, let, let me just loan you my army to help fight your battles. Folks, today, when you call on God, we are taking the army of the king of kings and we are fighting our battles. What are your fears? Are you fears of losing or you have fears of fighting? That's two different things. Fears of losing is different than fears of fighting and overcoming. You see, they, David said, this poor man, he was needed, needful, I should say. He was feeble, and he had a need in his life that he knew that God was going to be able to do. Listen to what he says. This poor man cried. When I said this morning, the, a, a poor man's cry I want you to think about what does it mean for this poor man to cry. Poor man to cry means they're going to call for somebody's help. They're going to also summon for some help. Or actually found that a greater definition is inviting others in. Now let's get pretty personal with me for just a minute. When's the last time you invited God in? I'm not here to ask you this morning, well, you've got to do it so many times in a day. Or I'm not here to ask. I'm just asking you, when's the last time that you invited God in? Do I believe God can break down doors and enter in? Absolutely do I believe in that. But I also believe that God also wants to be where he is invited in. Today, has God been invited into your life? Is He invited into your eternal life? Is He invited into your day? What is today? November the, I don't know, 6th or whatever today is. Is He invited into the day? Is He invited into your life, every day of your life? For He says that this poor man cried. Do you wake up in the morning saying, God, I don't know what this day is going to hold, but I'm inviting you to be a part of it. Very easily can we wake up and say, well, God, I think I'm in pretty good shape. I'm going to go on. You stay here and rest. And if I get in trouble, I'll call you to come help me, folks. God does not want to come to us in trouble. He wants us to be invited into the day right along with us. If you and for me today, do we really invite him? Listen to what the psalmist said. Running for his life, hungry at a time in his life that he was hungry, he had a need and a poor man cried. He invited him in. He said, I want you to be a part of this. Folks, today, if you let God be a part of your problems, I can assure you, He will be your solution. I'm going to say that one more time. You invite God into your problems, He will be your solution. But so often we find out that we don't have the answer to our problems, but it's because God's not in the equation, folks. When you let God in, you have found the answers. And David didn't understand a lot of things. He was, he was just a, a, a young lad of a child that God was going to use in a, in a mighty way and God was beginning to work in his life. And now all of a sudden this man has been anointed as the king of Israel. He's running for his life. He knew that, that, that when he got hungry that some of the other priests had given him bread and then all of a sudden that their life was being taken because they helped David out. He was being chased by mad people. People that wanted his life and he gets to this point in his prayer he said, this poor man cried. You know what we easily want to do is look at somebody else and say, look at those poor people. Bless those poor souls. 
It's almost like everybody else has it worse than we do, folks. May we see ourselves for who we are, that it's us, that we need God. Do I know that you need God? Yes, I do, but I'm not going to exclude myself from that. I need God in my life. No matter how good things are, I need God. No matter how good things are in your life, you need God. And the psalmist said, this poor man cried. But that's not the end of the... the, 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 Aren't you glad that's not the end of that? And he says, and he saved him out of all... Excuse me. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Have you ever talked to somebody that heard you, but they just didn't seem too concerned? Now, I want you to let that settle in for just a second. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody that heard what you were saying, but they just really wasn't too concerned about the situation you were in? What would it be like if you came to God and told Him about some very troubling details of your life and your heart and He was like, yeah, but now did you see what the trees are looking like over here? That's what we would do. You could come to me talking about how that you you, you can't pay a bill or you can't fix this or you can't fix that and all of a sudden like, yeah, but let me tell you about what I've done over here and all of a sudden we've taken the conversation away from you and on that, folks, listen to what this word means. This poor man cried and the Lord heard. In other words, the Lord was concerned about David. We a lot of times have fear that we want people to be concerned about us. Folks, I want to tell you something I hope and pray you already know. God is concerned about you. People sometimes will have this idea. Well, nobody cares. Nobody understands. Nobody will hear me. Folks, God will hear you. A poor man's cry. A poor man is in need in his life. A poor man has troubles and a heaviness of heart. And a poor man begins to cry. But more than that, God hears us. Which means not only does he just hear us and acknowledge us. By the way, have you ever had a conversation with somebody? And I don't. this may be a confession, it may not be. Sometimes people will be talking to me and I'm nodding my head. But my mind just went to something else. And they'll say, did you just hear me? Uh, yeah. What I say? I don't know. You think God's ever got to that point that He's not really hurt us? Do you ever sometimes think, well, God, are you just nodding your head that you hear me when you really don't? I want to dispel that myth right now, folks. God hears you. God is not distracted. God has not got His mind on somebody else. God is not even selfish that He's only worried about Him. He cares about you. Listen to what the psalmist said. This poor man cried. It's not about the weeds. It's about me. I'm in need. I have troubles in my life and I have fears. And David said, this poor man cried. He says, and the Lord heard him. He was concerned. He cared. He wanted to hear these things. And notice what he said. And he saved him out of all of his troubles. Man, has anybody here ever been delivered by God and brought out of all kinds of problems? I wish I could tell you there's only been one problem in my life and that was a problem I was headed for hell and God saved my soul. Folks, God has saved me multiple times in my life. I'm not talking about eternal salvation, but I mean God has helped me in multiple ways and multiple times in my life. God has helped. And that's why that God has a desire to do that. And when the psalmist said, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. He cried and the Lord heard him. 
I believe that there was a need in the psalmist's life. I believe that David had a need in his life. Are you here this morning and you've got a need in your life or are you going to be that person that says, I have no need? Revelation chapter 3 tells us this. Revelation chapter 3 and 17, I want to read it to you. I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. How many people are going to leave here today? How many people are going to leave the presence of God? And I probably shouldn't say it like that. How many are going to attempt to walk away from God and they feel like they don't need God in their life? Folks, I can tell you and I can assure you of one thing. You need God in your life. You need God in some form or fashion, no matter now, no matter how big or small it may seem, we all need God. And that begins the moment we realize that we're lost and we need to be saved, but we need God. We are poor people that need to pray. We are a poor person that needs to talk to God. And it says, uh, in Revelation, it said, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. When's the last time you prayed realizing the poor state that you're really in? Sometimes we feel like that we're rich and we're increased with goods that we've already reached the throne as David had, had been promised. We felt like sometimes we've already reached that. But yet God said, no, you're going to go through a time of poverty before you reach that kingdom. But I want you to know this, that even before you reach that throne, or let's rephrase that, even before you reach that kingdom, I want to supply your needs before that, folks. Do not think for a minute God does not want to supply your needs here in this life. Sometimes I'm very guilty of getting this idea well, I've just got to hold on till I get to heaven. i just got to hold on till I get to heaven. One of these days I'm going to leave it behind. And that is a true statement. But folks, God wants to help us endure now. God wants to give us what we need now. Not just for eternity. That, that's a different kind of deliverance. God wants to give you sustaining grace here in this life. Can you find peace and joy and happiness? Absolutely do I believe in that. He said, this poor man cried. He cried and he cried earnestly. If you remember in the book of James, if you mark that place, James chapter 5, in verse 16 says this, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual, again, the effectual Fervent prayers, effective. We don't have to get into the things that are effective versus things that are ineffective. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual, fervent. When you really look at those two words, they actually come together in one Greek word. When you start looking at effectual, and fervent, it means enthusiastically. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever come across somebody that's enthusiastic about something? Let me just ask you if they've got a hobby. I'm going I'm to just grab something out of the sky right quick. Let's say they've got a hobby of tractors. And they're enthusiastic about tractors. And somebody comes along and says, Do you see that tractor? Do you know what they're going to do? They're not going to hold back, are they? They're going to tell you everything they know. They're not going to hold back. They're going to tell you everything. Folks, when it comes to talking to God, should we hold anything back from God? Or should we be enthusiastic saying, God, let me tell you everything about me. Let me, let me just let you see all my wretchedness and my sinfulness. Do you know what we want to do now? We want to conceal sin. It's called tapping the brakes when you see the police. 
Or it's people that begin to spring up from their seat when they're supposed to be working and they spring up because the boss has walked into the room because we have this idea that we want to hide things. But the truth is, folks, may we approach God in a non-threatening way that we're trying to hide anything but saying, God, here's everything about me. You already know it anyway. God, if you already know all of these things, then I'm going to be able to reveal them unto you. For he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Do you believe in specific prayer? Let me ask you a little bit different. Is it wrong for us to pray? Let's just grab another one out of the sky for a minute. Is it wrong for us to pray for the Lord to heal those sick with cancer? No. But I'll tell you what I have done before, folks. I have not only prayed just for all of those that have cancer. I have specifically prayed for specific people with specific needs in their life that God would supply them. When's the last time you got just really, really specific with God? Sometimes we kind of want to get generic. But you know what I believe? You know what? I, I, I believe in praying for all of those that are lost. That's what we frequently do. But when's the last time you went to the Lord and fervently prayed for people and you called them by name? I truly believe there were people that called my name before God. And you know what? When you called my name before God, that's worse than any other name called that I could have been. My name being called out, I guess, by anybody else was when God heard me and God heard about me or knew about me and God knew where I was and all about me. My name had been called for, he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Do you really... Get to a place in your life where you pray, Lord, I need you in my life, and I pray that we all would realize that we're going to be fervent and we're going to be totally transparent with God in the needs of our life. Let's go back to Psalms for just a minute. The poor man cried. In other words, he had something he needed to let out, and then all of a sudden he began to cry. Notice what he found. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. This is kind of a simple question. But do you believe God gives results to prayers? Do you think God gives answers to prayers? By the way, Noah's an answer. Let's just let's concede that. Noah's an answer. But do you believe God hears and answers our prayers? Yes. But when we get to that point in our life, it's just total surrender. The Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubled. Folks, to be heard by God is to be delivered by God. Not to be be delivered the way that you want, but just to be heard by God does mean to be delivered by God. When's the last time you talked to God and you know that God heard you? When's the last time that you cried out to God and you know that God uh, began to hear that cry? When's the last time that you were a poor man that began to cry? When's the last time you were this poor man that began to cry? And it says, and the Lord heard. I want to tell you about a a little instance that happened a few years ago. We had someone come into the, the, the building and didn't speak language, so we had a translator. Well, the translator left, and the English, I, it was, there was still a barrier there. And I remember getting my phone out, and we had a conversation through the phone. 
They would talk to the phone, it would translate it, and then I would talk to the phone, it would translate it, and we had a conversation, and if it weren't enough on that phone, we probably would not have had very much of a conversation. Aren't you glad today to know that we don't have to have any kind of special gadgets or people that have to stand between us and God, that we can just talk to God and He hears us? Aren't you glad that God doesn't have to look at somebody saying, what is He trying to say over there? He's just a mumbled mess. He, all it is a bunch of blubber that comes out of His mouth. Folks, today, God understands blubber. God understands tears. God understands all the things that comes out of our mouth, not necessarily because of it's coming out of our mouth, but because out of our heart. What begins to flow out of your heart? What begins to flow for the needs in your life? Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 15, and let's read about that for just a second. You're talking about getting help from God. Talking about a need for God in your life. Matthew chapter 15 talks about a lady that was trying to come in contact with Jesus and the people kept trying to say, you need to be quiet. He's not listening to you. Well, let's skip down to Matthew chapter 15. Let's skip down to about the 21st verse. 22nd verse. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. You know, a lot of people are disappointed in what God's doing in their life. You know, a lot of times God doesn't answer us in the swiftness that we want it to be answered. But notice what happens to this lady. By the way, let's think about this. Here you've got a lady that's seeking after the Lord and all of a sudden others are discouraging saying, you don't need to be talking to him and bothering him. Lord, can you not just send her away? It says, but she answered her not a word. Disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Folks, you want to talk about ground shaking words. Want a poor person, a needy person, a person that has a need in their life says, Lord, help me. Folks, if you're ever going to get saved, you have to come to a place that you have a need in your life and you must say, Lord, help me. You know what happens if you were to come up here and shake the preacher's hand and, and, and we hug each other? You're a poor man meeting another poor man. We're not talking about the poor meeting the poor or the blind meeting the blind. We're talking about the poor talking to a king. We're talking about one that's, that is blind, talking to one that can see in the past, the present, and the future. We're talking about poor people, a poor being today, talking to the Almighty God. Could you imagine what heaven said or what heaven felt like or what heaven began to, uh, to rejoice when this lady said, Lord, help me. This lady was in opposition. She had people against her. She had people that was trying to say, now's not the time. Can you send her away? And all she would say is, Lord, help me. She came and she worshipped him. 
Then she came, it says, when she began to push him aside, she began to worship him. And notice what she she did. She wasn't worried about the pastor. She wasn't worried about the Sunday school teachers. or She wasn't worried about mom and dad. She was worried about the Lord. That's all she was worried about. Of all the people in her life, she could have added in. She wanted Jesus to be invited into the needs in her life. There's a lot of people out there that can help you, but I can tell you this. When it comes to your soul today and your spiritual needs, there's only one. There are other people that God sends along the way and that's another lesson for another day. There are things that that, that we can trust in and believe in that are a help to us. But a poor man has to ultimately cry out to God for it says that she began to worship him saying, Lord, help me. How productive are we in our life? How inviting are we? Remember when we talked about how that that, that poor man cried? He invited him in. This lady, she said, Lord, help me. I've got a need in my life and I need you. Not a substitute, not someone else or not something else. I need you. This morning, do you believe that the world's going to try to give you substitutes? Absolutely. But I can tell you this, there's only one that can satisfy the soul. And that's Jesus. Have you sought after him? If you begin to cry out to him, if you've been that poor man, remember what the psalmist said. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. This lady, she got the help she needed. And he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. And the dogs did eat of the crumbs which fell from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You see, she had a need. And in that need, she said, Lord, help me. I hope this morning that there's somebody, and I hope it's everybody, that's saying, Lord, help me. Lord, show me what I need. What, what, what is it that I need here this morning? For Let's go back to Psalm for just a moment. 34th Psalm says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Do you believe in an all-powerful God? Sometimes the doctors is probably the most, the hardest situations we can be when they can say, there's nothing else that I can do. Let me ask you this. Do you think there's any situation in life that God's going to look at you and I and say, there's nothing I can do about it? Folks, today I believe that he can solve all of our problems. For he says he saved him out of all of his troubles. Folks, God's not going to just bring us out of a few things. Having trouble with filling the blank. To some people, it's family and jobs and their neighbors and uh, their health and, you know, I, I can't pay my bills. Whatever you want to fill the blank in today, God can help you with all of these things. And the psalmist said, he saved him out of all of his troubles. This morning, I hope that you're here saying, Lord, help me. I hope you're here this morning and you are this poor man cried and the Lord hurt him. What do you need to cry out to? What do you need to invite him into? Today I pray that whatever it is that you've got, things are going good, then invite him in. Things not going good, invite him on in. Invite him into your life and everything will be that much better. God bless you this morning. That's the very thoughts I had upon my heart.
I want us to get a song for Good Brother Larry and 